everyone welcome back to another episode of lows to highs if you are new here my name is Kadeen and i'm so excited that you are listening today welcome to the show this podcast is all about self-discovery going inwards growing up appreciating all of the lows to highs which is the common denominator between all the different episodes that i post on here and with all the different people that I interview. It's all to help you appreciate all of the different low moments, high moments, everything in between um, to help you just evolve into a better version of yourself and to live a full human existence filled with bliss, joy, gratitude, self-love, etc. So welcome to the show. In today's episode, I'm talking to Steven Eisen, who is the founder and CEO of Loci Bracelets and Elements of Balance. You probably have seen Loci over the years. When I was in high school, pretty much every guy in my class had these bracelets. And it's a really beautiful story as to how Steven and I connected. I received an email from someone on his team who had listened to my episode with Kenzie Burke um, and that's how she found my podcast and she reached out because she wanted Stephen to come on the show since the entire motto of Loki is that sometimes you're on the top of the world and when you are you need to stay humble and other times you've hit a low and when that happens you have to stay hopeful And the reason for that motto is that the bracelets are little beads and the white beads are from water from Mount Everest, which is the highest point on earth. And the black bead is from the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point on earth. And the whole idea behind Loki is to find balance through it all. So that's the business that Steven founded 10 years ago. He also founded a plant-based supplement and beverage company. And in today's episode, we talk all about balance, entrepreneurship, the key to a fulfilling life, behind the scenes of business growth, the challenging and changing times of being a serial entrepreneur, kind of really going in to all the different topics of being a leader, finding your own business, and all that comes with it. So it's a really interesting chat. He was great to speak to and very soft-spoken, but awesome nuggets of wisdom that I think will inspire you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Stephen. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Um, let's start from the beginning. What was your upbringing like? And did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Thanks for having me on the show, Karen. Um, Ooh, you're starting early. So (laughs) I actually did always know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur, uh, as well as my father. So I kind of follow in their footsteps. And, um, as a, as a little kid, always went into my dad's office and just loved the experience of being there. And um, besides that, I am the type of person that is just always coming up with ideas, whether it's business or not business related. So that entrepreneurial spirit has been in me since a young age. Amazing. Let's talk about the story of loci and elements. So you mentioned that you've had, you constantly are thinking of new ideas 
what birthed those ideas and how did you know that you wanted to turn those into an actual business? Yeah. So when I was a freshman at Cornell, uh, my grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and growing up the same grandfather that was an entrepreneur. Um, he was a huge part of my life. He drove me to school every day, taught me to play golf and pool. And it was just someone I was very close to. And for the first time in my life, it, it was an experience that really brought me to a low learning about his Alzheimer's diagnosis. And it just got me thinking about the highs and lows that I was going through in life and how everyone goes through highs and lows, right? It doesn't matter your age, demographic, your income level. We all have them in different ways, shapes and forms. And um, it really just got me thinking, okay, well, what are the highest and lowest points on earth? Mount Everest and the Dead Sea. And how could I take elements from those two places and incorporate them into a bracelet that people could wear every day as a reminder to find balance in life, staying humble when you're on top of the world and hopeful when you've hit a low. Um, and I, I literally came up with that idea in uh, a matter of a couple hours. Um, and I told my dad the idea and he said, that's a great idea, but everyone has great ideas. Now go execute it. That's the hard part. Um, and so from freshman to senior year, I bootstrapped the business and um, I just kind of figured it out one email at a time. I would love to dive into that because I agree with your dad. We all have great ideas, but it's the execution that brings it to life um, and also maintains or creates a success with it. So how did you know where to begin? Like you had this idea of the highest and lowest points. How did you know to access those points? Like actually create the bracelets? What did that process look like? Yeah. So um, just to give everyone context, the low kite bracelet uh, is a silicone bracelet with a white bead and a black bead on it. The white bead has the water from Mount Everest and the black bead has the mud from the Dead Sea that are on opposite sides. Um, honestly, the first thing I did was I Googled a silicone factory in China. Uh, literally. And I found a website called Global Source, which is a huge sourcing website. It's like the Google of manufacturing. Um, and I said, I, you can email blast like massive like, categories. And I emailed, I think 2000 factories in a blast that I needed a silicone bracelet. Um, and out of the, I got a couple thousand responses back. And, um, then I copy and pasted an email to all of them saying, okay, it needs to be a silicone bracelet. It has to be unique shape. The ones that said, oh, we can't do it. I knocked out the ones that said, yes. I said, okay, well, it has to be unique shape and it has to be different colors. And I just kept whittling it down until I got to the few that said they could make it. Um, and then I got, I had them make me samples and um, one factory did a nice job of what I was looking for. And I literally got on a plane and flew to Shenzhen and <laughs> showed up at the factory. Um, I had never been there, had no contacts there. I just, I just went for it. I love that because it's, it's like so beautifully intentioned and you kind of just threw yourself into this whole new space that you previously had no experience in. What was it like when you got off the plane and you're like, did you ever have a moment where you're like, what am I doing here? Or were you like, I believe in this idea so much that I'm going to figure this out. Like, what was your mindset during all of that? Yeah, I think I was 
being young and naive, I think, uh, has its advantages. And I was just like, this is going to succeed. Um, and I had no doubts in my mind. And I knew I just had to keep grinding until I figured it out, made it work. I, I think being in college also gave me um, a little bit more comfort, right? Because I was also doing school. So I didn't have the pressure of like, it's this or nothing. Like I was still in school. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of figuring it out as I went. Um, and when I showed up, it was uh, four guys in a garage that <laughs> figured out how to do it. The owner happened to be an engineer and that is still our main factory today. And it's a couple hundred people and they just produce slow guys. Oh my God, that's amazing. So your college self knew what he was doing, clearly. I guess so. A little bit of luck. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sure you've experienced some rejection throughout this entire journey. But I also, what I took note from what you just said is when you were emailing those 2000 different manufacturers, you were also rejecting some of them too, if they weren't fitting what you were looking for. So in your case, like whether it's, being denied investment or getting shelf space. Um, what got you through any of that rejection? And what was like a key lesson that you learned anytime you heard the word no? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And um, I've, I've thought a lot about our relationship with the word no, right? When it comes to other people saying no to you, And also your ability to say no to opportunities and really focus on what you want to do in your life, in your career, in your business. Um, Yeah, I um, listen, I think the, the biggest learning that I had with the word no was once I made my product, I literally carried a display with the bracelets store to store to store. And I would just walk in and I, I would say, hey, is the owner or the manager of the store here? Uh, I'd get laughed at. I, I got turned down 99% of the time. But the one time that a store said, yes, I'll try it, mm-hmm. like that feeling drove me to continue to keep going, right? So it's like you get so many no's, but the, the, the yeses you do get I think just are so rewarding, especially when you're an entrepreneur that um, it fuels you to keep going. And I think something I've learned over the years is being able to say no myself and getting comfortable with telling people no uh, because of the priorities that I need to focus on for my business and what is really going to make a difference for what I'm trying to build versus what other people are asking for. Mm -hmm. I love that because... In all of what you just said, there's a deep-rooted confidence that comes with knowing your ability and your capabilities to achieve what you want, and then also being very clear intention of like what you're trying to create. Um, a lot of people struggle with that confidence, and if you are an aspiring entre- entrepreneur or you have an idea, some people struggle with believing in themselves to bring it to life, or when they hear that no, they might take it as a sign of, maybe this isn't my path or maybe I shouldn't go down this road. So I'm curious, like, was that confidence and that self-trust that you just described 
with you throughout your life? Or did that come through experiencing the hardships or the struggles that you did face? And with that confidence, like what are some spiritual practices or habits that you found that really have helped you evolve and grow into a confident um, person who trusts themselves? Yeah, I think um, I've always been a very confident person and confident in my own abilities to figure it out and be successful and make it happen. Um, and I, and I always, I, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself and what you're building, no one else is going to buyers aren't employees aren't, uh, if you're raising money, investors aren't. So I think you have to believe in what you are doing. Um, and I think if you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you're starting a company, I think, when you're deciding if you want to start that company, you need to decide yourself, is this something I am very passionate about and would be happy to do for the next 20 years? Mm -hmm. um, because like that's the mindset you have to have. It's not going to be two, three years and you're done. Um, and also hearing the feedback of product market fit. And yeah, there can be no's, but you also can't be starting a business that just there's, there are no customers, right? Like you got to be smart and realistic about, is this an industry that I want to be in? Is the total addressable market sizable enough to build a real company in the space? If you, if you personally come to the conclusion that it's yes, and you decide to go forward, then any no's you get along the way just need to be bumps in the road, but you keep going. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, it's an interesting relationship with the word no that we just keep coming back to right now. And, and I think that um, also relates to something that, that you were speaking about earlier about the importance of being present, mm -hmm. right? I think the way that I have found balance in my life and my career and the company with my family and kids um, is cutting as many things off of my plate as possible uh, and only keeping the things that I do as the most important things um, and being present while I'm doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. Presence is, it's, it's a very difficult thing to grasp and really invite into your world every single day, but it really is the moment that you make the right decisions or that you uncover the biggest lessons of your life um, and a lot of people struggle with it, but it is like when you are present, you are with yourself. And so any decision you make or anything that you face, it's coming from like a, an authentic place of being. Um, I'm very drawn. And I struggle with it too. We all do. We yeah, all Yeah, totally. Like even me, you know, I, my brand is all about being present. And some days I wake up and I'm like, obviously stressing about the future or anxious about the past or whatnot. But I think it's not, it's hard. You can't be present literally 24 seven. Like, of course, you're going to be thinking about tomorrow or the trip that you're going to take on or that meeting in three weeks from now or a big presentation or whatnot. But I think the key is being aware of when you are in that, when you are starting to go into a spiral where you're thinking about the past or stressing about the future and catching yourself and then bringing that bounce back rate as minimal as possible. So mm -hmm. I sometimes I find myself like spiraling for an hour and then I'm like, 
shit, like calm down. Like we don't need to stress about this. Let's get back into the present moment. And over the years, I've been able to bring that. I used to be at three days in a spiral. And now it's like that one hour I'm aware I get back into it. Yeah. And I think it's um, the highs and lows, right? It's not just in life, but it's also in business and your career. Like there will definitely be highs and lows no matter what you do. And it's just being comfortable with being uncomfortable in those lows and those highs and knowing that it's not always going to be bad or not always going to be great. Um, and being able to continue to strive to personally be present and find balance. Exactly. And I'm so drawn to your story because in your case, it's evident that you found your purpose in this world through a very challenging and heartbreaking low moment in your life. Um, And similar to myself, like a lot of the reason why I'm here today is rooted in a lot of health issues that I've dealt with for 15 years of my life. And there are some days where the suffering gets to me and other days I'm like, well, it has created this whole other part of me and that I found my purpose and I'm now able to serve others the same way that you are doing. So for anyone who is experiencing a challenge or a difficulty or suffering, whatever that might look like in their own lives, and they're at this low moment, what advice would you give to them in order to get out to the other side or even just uncover the purpose that it holds? Something that we do at Lokai is uh, from day one, we've always given back 10% of our profits to different uh, nonprofit organizations. Um, and we've donated $9.5 million to different uh, charities and um, <clears throat> I believe that an important thing is giving back and helping others. And I think it really puts your own situation into perspective. Um, especially if you're out doing the work, not just writing a check, uh, or donating money. Like you, you I, I think what, when you're in your own head and you're thinking about your own situation, you think it could be so terrible, but then you see how other people are living and what they're going through. And even the act of just helping others is so fulfilling um, that I've found that that's been an incredible way to rebalance yourself. Yeah, I completely agree because it also, it helps you realize like there is good even when I am struggling. Like there's something that is, I'm learning something that I'm able to articulate or create with, in your case, it's donating. And that in it of itself is that low turning into a high for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, being a founder versus now being a CEO. So you founded Lokai in 2013, and then you also created Elements, which is a plant-based drink. Um, When did you... realize like I I'm a founder of this one brand and I now want to start something else. Yeah. So I'm still the uh, CEO at Lokai as well. Elements is a plant-based functional uh, beverage and supplement company. We have an energy focused common sleep uh, product and uh, in, in both companies, um, it's more Lokai cause I was younger and it was my first venture, but 
when you start a company and you're an early day founder, you're so emotional, uh, which is really good, right? You need that emotion to be told no a thousand times and run through the brick wall and um, learn by making mistakes. Hopefully you make small mistakes that allow you to keep going um, and learn as you go. Um, but in the transition for me from being founder to CEO um, mentally is taking emotion out of the situation, right? And really being able to separate that because I have gone through now over the last decade building loci and elements, so many highs and so many lows, and it never stays high and it never stays low. And taking that emotion into my life outside of business was not healthy and not sustainable. I'm not saying I'm amazing at it. I still find myself on great days being amazing when I leave the office and go back to the family and kids or uh, being bummed when, when it's a bad day. But um, the more you can make rational decisions when you're building a company and unemotional ones, I've, I have found to allow you to be the most successful uh, as being a CEO. I've also really learned by example, I'm on the national board of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and the board is about 26 people. Um, if you're not familiar with Make-A-Wish, uh, it's an absolutely amazing nonprofit organization that um, gives wishes to kids with critical illnesses. Uh, and it just changes the, the kid and their family's lives mm -hmm. um, more than you can imagine. But the board is predominantly operators of major organizations. And the way that they talk about the different departments and strategies and plans is, is so powerful in how it's such an emotional organization, but the decisions and the way they're making the decisions are so rational and unemotional. Mm -hmm. um, because I think the emotion starts to cloud your judgment of what you should and shouldn't do. So um, yeah, taking emotion out of being an operator, I think is one of the most important things of being a CEO. That's great. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I want to kind of poke at something that you said is there are high highs and there are low lows and you're never at one for too long. When you are at a high, do you ever self-sabotage and do you think to yourself, wow, life is going so great. Like, I wonder when a low is going to hit or like, do you, do you ever struggle with allowing yourself to be where you are and just taking it all in and not sabotaging the good that's coming out of whatever moment you're in. Cause sometimes I struggle with that. Like things are riding smoothly and I'm like, wow, everything in my life is working out. Like I wonder when it's going to hit the fan. And then if that happens, I catch myself and I'm like, no, like obviously things are going in my favor because I'm putting in the work and I'm it, like positively intentioned, et cetera. But I'm curious in your case, like do you self-sabotage at all? And, and how do you combat that if so? No, I would say no, I don't. Um, but I think when things are going really well is the time to work harder, mm. right? Really try to dive into what are the weaknesses? What are the things that need to be fixed? Where are the, the gaps in the business that could cause it to go the other way? 
Um, and, and I think it's just being humble to know it will come back around um, and not necessarily self-sabotage and think about, okay, it's coming down to a low, it's going to be a low, but not get comfortable with the high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's true because you, you never stay at either of the points for too long. Like it's going to either turn into a low that teaches you a very critical, valuable lesson, or it's going to go from a low to a high, but it's like, it's that it's up and down all the time. Mm-hmm. Going back to being the founder and entrepreneur of both of these businesses um, and then evolving into C- a CEO role, obviously in the beginning, you are managing and doing everything to get those businesses off the ground. You're like very hands-on, you're in the weeds, but then a time comes where it's critical for you to outsource parts of your businesses or hire the right people to take on what you no longer have the time and space to do so. What was that journey over the years and what did you learn about yourself through it? Because a lot of people when like <clears throat> struggle to find the right, create the right team or they feel like they need to do it all because it's in the early stages. I'm very curious to hear what your experience was like. Yeah, um, that's it's a great question. And uh, even like day one of both businesses, I was the CEO, whether I was a great CEO at the beginning of Loki or not is a different, uh, different question, right? You're, you're trying to figure it out. But I think um, being a great CEO is being a great leader and building a great team and i had to learn this myself at the beginning i thought that i could do every job better than everyone else Mm. um and i'd micromanaged people and i didn't i didn't truly let them spread their wings and do their job to their best of their ability and what what i've learned over time is don't settle for a hire. Wait until you find a great person that you can really trust and then let them do their job and know that they're going to do their job better than you could ever do it. Mm. Um, and that freedom and trust and partnership between you and the, your team members is what will really allow the business to scale and grow. Um, right. You can't do everything and you need a team of people who you can trust. Um, and so I've found that I've, I've just learned to hire as the best people that I can find and trust them. When you were looking for those right people, how did you differentiate what roles you needed because you personally couldn't do it versus roles that you didn't like, I guess my question is how did you know who to hire and what parts of your business you needed to hand off to someone else? Yeah. So I, the easiest example is with elements. Um, I knew starting that business, which is brand new. Uh, we just launched that company about a year and a half ago, um, that I understood how to build a brand marketing D to C And I knew I had zero experience in uh, drink sales, retailers, and operations. And so the first people that I brought onto my team was a president of sales 
and a head of operations mm. who have been in the industry for 30 years. Uh, so um, I knew my own weaknesses in the business that I was starting. And those are the first people that I brought on. I think if you're, um, and I don't think Elements is um, maybe a great example though for a first time founder, because I started Elements not doing it all, right? I kind of built the team as the start of the company. Um, but with Loci, I my first hire was the responsibility that I was spending the most time on. And I was like, what is the thing that I'm spending the most time on that I need to get off of my plate to allow me to focus on other things? Um, and I continued to just do that um, until I had my team. That's great advice because a lot of people struggle with like handing off certain things because they feel like they can do it all themselves. And it's, it's that critical point where it's like, okay, I need to create space for the things or parts of my business that I actually enjoy doing and giving the rest to an expert who can give, who can bring me that space Mm -hmm. to switch gears a little bit. So Obviously, the pandemic impacted a ton of businesses, but it also birthed a lot um, and it allowed certain ones to thrive. As a CEO, did you have any difficult moments during that time? And how did you protect your mind during those challenges, if any? Yeah, I think the pandemic has made me and, and hopefully a lot of other people realize how much people are going through in their lives right you never really know what what's going on in someone's life and i think the pandemic really uh, exaggerated that so i would say I've, I've learned a lot of empathy through the pandemic um we decided early on in the pandemic to go fully remote so uh, both companies are totally remote now and there's about 35 people um and yeah, just um, being empathetic about people's situation and understanding what are the things that your team values um, that you that you can you can give them to um, thrive in their roles and their careers. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is all about: being a great leader. <laughs> so you are a serial entrepreneur. What are your some some of your predictions for this space or your, the industries that you're working in? Like, are you excited about anything? Are you thinking about any new businesses on the horizon, or are you kind of like where you are and experiencing the journey as it is? So, I think to be in in the consumer product space right now, um, you have to have the mindset of being omni-channel. Um, our low-cut business was predominantly direct-to-consumer. Then pre-pandemic, we were doing incredible in retail. Then the pandemic hit. Our retail went to zero, essentially, for a year and a half. Um, and then now it's coming back. But it's really made me realize to be stable, you really have to be uh, on online, in retail, on Amazon. Uh, you, you can't just ignore a single channel. Um, so being omni-channel is probably the largest focus across both businesses right now. 
What would you say is the key to the long-term success for your businesses? Because Loki was founded in almost 10 years ago, right? So mm-hmm. how have you maintained that that success? And I'll, you know, obviously brought it up even higher and higher after the pandemic. So something that was drilled into me early on from my father was like, you build a business to make money. Uh, and, and as obvious as that sounds, uh, I've always had a focus on the bottom line, not the top line. Um, and I think a trend over the last five to eight years when we were in a bull market was like growth, growth, growth. Like it doesn't matter how much money you burn, just like grow the business, grow the business. Um, that takes a sharp turn when the market goes down and it's hard to raise money and the business is burning cash every month. And so uh, Loci has been profitable every year it's ever existed. Um, and I think that maybe, maybe we grew slower than other companies. When, when we were struggling, we had to make, from a revenue standpoint, we had to make hard decisions to cut expenses. Uh, but being very disciplined in operating the business um, has been something that I've always been focused on. And um, yeah, the, the revenue of Loki went up, then it came down, and now it's going up again. Um, and I think the only way we, we were able to survive and continue to grow was by being disciplined. So um, that's, that's a big focus of mine is like really understanding the numbers and how is this business going to make money? When's it going to make money? And not just build it for the top line mm-hmm. growth. It seems like both your grandfather and your father had such an impact on who you are today. And it seems like you're taking all the lessons that you learned from both of them. Aside from business, though, what is something that you learned from either one of them that has really impacted how you live your life and your approach to living a balanced one? Family first. Uh, I think it doesn't matter how much money or success in business you have, um, like the greatest fulfillment and happiness comes from family and friends and the relationships that you have. And so I always focus on those. I, um, on my calendar, I block out uh, 5 to 7 p.m., which is when I'm with my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really try to put my phone down, be present, uh, and yeah, that, that is definitely the greatest lesson that I've learned from my father. That's great. Cause it's all about boundaries. And I want to dive into that a little bit. How did you, a lot of people struggle with setting those boundaries, whether it's business related or personal life. Did you always create space or hold space for the things that you valued the most or like what? when did you decide to put up those boundaries for your own well-being and how did you do so? Um, I think I've always uh, from a gut standpoint done that, but it's definitely become more obvious with, with kids. Um, I going back, it's about saying no, right. And, and blocking out those times and really making sure that you're doing them. And, uh, when I started the loci, I was like sleeping in the office. So I definitely at one point did not have those boundaries. Um, but yeah, I, I think 
intentionally setting time in your calendar when you are blocking things off and just to focus on family, your fitness, whatever brings you balance in life is really important. And I've also just learned over the years, like there will always be another email. There will always be another meeting. Like it is endless. There will, it's a never ending to do list. And I plan on doing this for another 50 years. Mm. Right. So if I'm going to do that and there's no end in sight, how am I living my life every day that balances personal fitness and health and business? In order to help with that balance, do you meditate? Do you do breath work? Do you work out daily? What are your daily habits that really allow you to create space for that balance and stay calm and, and stable and also helps you build a sustainable future, both in your business and then also in your family life? For me, it's working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a different person when I do work out and when I don't work out. Uh, so that's, that is what, like, if I'm grumpy, my wife will be like, go for a run. Mm-hmm. Or like, go work out. Cause she knows that like, it really changes my mindset. Um, for other people, it's different things. Right. So I think it's no, it's, it's understanding and knowing what fulfills you and brings you balance and then protecting that time and making sure that you're prioritizing that because if you don't do that and prioritize yourself, you're not going to be able to make the best decisions you can in your business. Um, and I, I think I learned that by really understanding everyone has the same amount of time in a day. Some people are much more successful in business than others. You can't physically work that many more hours. So it's about what you do, not how much time you spend working, I think. Um, And so, yeah, prioritizing yourself. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I have been, for me, it's meditation and working out, but specifically meditation and similar to you, if I don't meditate in the morning, like my entire day is thrown off because I'm not starting off in a calm headspace. And I made it a fact that like my mornings are, I need to do my morning routine. I need to meditate. And I've created those boundaries, um, Mm -hmm. my personal, my work life. And, and it's not because like, it's for myself, obviously, but it's also to help other the people in my life, because when I'm calm and I'm rooted in who I am, that I'm able to show up as my best self for everyone across me. And that, that in turn makes my relationship stronger. Mm-hmm. It's my, I'm better at my job. I'm better with my friendships, everything. So it's, it's really rooted in that finding what brings you peace and helps you evolve into a better version of yourself and holding space for that. So obviously the title of my podcast is Lows to Highs, which you are very familiar with, (laughs) with your whole brand. Aside from the birth of Loki, which really started it all for you um, and and the story of your grandfather with Alzheimer's, has there been any other pivotal moment or a story where you went inwards and you really dissected what you were dealing with, that transition from a low to a high that has allowed you to really learn more about yourself? I don't know if there's one specific thing, um, but I think it's 
the years of being an entrepreneur and looking back and thinking about the moments where I thought like they were the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. And I'm still here. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, I think in the moment you think things are so big and so important and it can really affect your mood, but in the grand scheme of things, they might not be as important as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just try to, I, I try to live my life thinking about, and I don't mean to sound morbid, but when like I'm on my deathbed and I look back at my life, like what am I going to regret and what am I going to wish I did more of? Mm-hmm. And that's how I try to live my life every day. Not morbid at all, because a lot of people don't think about that. Like if today was your last day, how would you want to be living? And um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ed Milet, but he is like a mindset coach, serial entrepreneur. And he always talks about how he actually contemplates his death often, which sounds very morbid, but it's for him, it's a way for him to like, think about, okay, is this really important if I'm focusing on this or stressing about this mm-hmm. or like, what is the most important thing in my life right now? If this is it, if this is the end. And I think it is good to think about that because um, it kind of recalibrates you and places you back down to earth of, okay, this is what I'm here to do. What do I want to create more space for? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to let go of? Um, that also just eventually allows you to evolve into who you're you know, destined to be. One thing I want to ask you about is pivoting. So in my own business, I've pivoted several times and there's always like that inflection point where I'm like, okay, something isn't aligned. I, this is no longer fulfilling me. Am I ready to let this go? Or is, is, am I failing by pivoting? I would love for you to talk about your, your mindset about pivoting and what failure means to you or does it mean anything to you and what success means to you? Um, I think when it comes to pivoting, it, it, it goes back to what we were talking about, about being unemotional, right? And I think inside of a business, if we're talking about like business specifically, um, taking your own personal likes, dislikes, emotions, out of a situation and saying, what is the best decision that is going to make this company as successful as possible? And then being able to make that decision, even if it is a pivot from what you previously thought was right, um, is, is very important, right? So it's like getting rid of all of your ego in the, in the decisions that you make for the business. Um, and I think it's about constantly iterating and pivoting and adjusting and figuring out what's working and what's not working and, and not having the mentality that I know what is best and it's, I'm sticking to this, right? Um, so in a, both of my businesses, I'm constantly trying to figure those things out and figure, figure out what people want the most of. Um, so I think pivoting and constantly adjusting is great. Mm-hmm. Um, what I view as success um, if you were to ask me this question 10 years ago, I would have said making an insane amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
now for me, success is working with great people that I want to spend time with and having them feel really fulfilled and love working for loci or elements um, and changing people's lives. Uh, it's, it's what the brand is about. It's about inspiring people to find balance and staying humble and hopeful. And um, I'm personally more introverted. Um, and I just started going on podcasts and telling my own story because I do believe that it's beneficial for the company and helping fulfill the mission of helping people find balance in life. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not something I would have done before. What would you tell your 10 year prior version of yourself today? If you could say one thing to him, what would you say? Always believe in yourself. I love it. So true. We all need to do more of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Steven, this was such an amazing chat. I love how open you were and you just told your entire story and you are very humble. Um, you've done a lot of success and you're giving back every day. So super excited, super happy to have you on the show. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, Karen.